0: gospel lifeline podcast mayam o'neill i'm
1: here with matt statler do you forget who you were again i did i didn't know what mayamo meant for a second i had to look at japanese (laughs) and spanish and
0: (laughs) google google translate right fast
1: (laughs) yeah what does this mean
0: yeah so matt you know we've been uh doing every other week recently. Um, life's kind of crazy. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but the pastoral rhythms of the holidays are very difficult. There's a lot going on. And, uh, it you know, it's hard to get, a, get an episode recorded every week or even a couple at, w- at one shot. So we're doing the best we can. I don't feel like I need to defend myself if I can't do a podcast well you're just gonna have to deal with that if you enjoy listening to us but we appreciate you guys and your grace and hanging with us uh even when an episode does not drop so thank you for that
1: yeah Matt, how are you doing today man i think if you just subscribe and get a notification whenever we finally get to drop one we're trying to be regular um but you know we got a lot going on um i'm doing good man you know we're moving um and it's kind of ridiculous all the stuff that's involved in moving. So uh we don't yeah, know exactly. so we listeners, we don't know when it's gonna our, happen.
0: <laughs> for our listeners out there, Matt's taking on a new church. Um oh, I'm just no, kidding.
1: Don't say that. <laughs> you can start bad rumors. You're gonna get an email. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody's going to be freaking out. No, we're moving um, to another house in the same uh, general area. Just, we need more room (laughs) for all of our kids. So, um, but the whole process is kind of confusing because we have to sell our house to move into the next one. And we're still not sure exactly when that is. And we're about five days out from when it's all supposed to happen. And so we don't know. Um, So that's why part of the podcast issue, um, plus, you know, church life during the holidays. As busy, we had our harvest party/slash Reformation Day celebration um, Saturday, and that was a big hit. A lot of turnout um, in our community came to our church to eat candy and um, hear about Martin Luther's 95 Theses. Mm-hmm. 95 Reese's. 95 Reese's. Oh, man. What do you think? Luther would have had him a field day if he had Reese's pieces. Oh. Back oh then. man! Oh yeah, he would have been chowing down. He did not see like one that would would avoid uh, good food. Yeah,
0: his magnum opus would be including chocolate bars and, uh, for the glory of God, you know. Um, well, cool, Matt. We're uh, we're we're gonna kind of change pace today, right? So recently we've talked about prayer and family worship and you know just kind of leading the home uh, out of the Shema we see in Deuteronomy six. Um, but today we're actually gonna do a mailbag episode, and what that means is we've asked uh, some of you folks out there uh, on our list our listener crew um, what are some questions you know you you've wanted answered or us to just talk through, work through, and we got a good healthy response um so unfortunately, we can't hit everything, but we've selected a couple that we can actually handle today. Some of your questions were so deep they might require. <laughs> Might require a few (laughs) episodes to unpack, Um, but we got, uh, we got some good questions we're going to handle and walk through today. Um, The first one we got, I think that we wanted to handle today, Matt, unless I'm reading the wrong one and sorry, Uh, but this is the question from this listener. Why do I deal with the same sin again and again? am I even saved? I think that's a good place to start. He had a follow-up uh, as well, but um, why do I deal with the same sin? And why can't I just get kind of free of it, right? That's kind of the essence of this. And if, I, if I'm if i not experienced freedom in this sin, does that mean I'm not saved?
1: Hmm. Man, that's such think... a good and helpful question. Um, I think so many of us, do not voice that um, or we're scared to, to even admit that we, you know, yeah. we struggle with the same things and there are, are life dominating sins um, that, that people struggle with um, all the time. And it does kind of go back to the question, is there such a thing as a, a carnal Christian, um, mm-hmm. you know, someone who is, is carnal or fleshly and then, you know, claims to, to be Christian and, um, it does go back to this: what is um, being a Christian, and then ultimately, what is the process afterwards after we we uh, we are justified? Um, and we—that's a fancy word we like to use—sanctification, right? Um, and in particular, progressive sanctification, and all that means right. is the process of becoming um, holy and uh Neil and I um, looked at a couple passages right before we jumped on here but one of them that really stands out to me with your question is Romans chapter 8 uh, Romans chapter 8 we see um, Paul it, an experienced Christian in, in chapter seven saying that he his flesh does what he doesn't want to do and his mind and and he has this whole like dialogue right he says um, starting in seven, he says, uh, verse 23, but I see a different law in the parts of my body waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man that I am who will rescue me from this body of death. Right. And what a hopeless statement um, until you get verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself am serving the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. And then it continues into a mindset of the flesh and, and a mindset of the spirit. And what, what we see is when, when we are made alive in Christ, when um, we have confessed our sins, repented and turned to Jesus Christ, uh, and, and he is our Savior, our Lord, we have a, um, a new disposition, um, new desires are awakened in us. And Mm. God has, has placed his spirit in us. And part of that placing of his spirit is to convict us of our sin. Um, if you are in the flesh, you likely will not have conviction of sin in the same way. Um, your, your conviction of sin will be because it's inconvenient or you get in trouble um, or you don't like it, or someone's, someone else, there's an external factor. Whereas with the spirit, there's almost an internal uh, rejection of the sin as wrong. That doesn't mean you don't still struggle with it. Um, and there's a right. good purpose for that. And Neil and I, um, uh, Neil has some ideas on, on why we continue to struggle. But I, I just want to point out that it's not an indicator that you're not saved. The fact that you're still struggling against this sin um, is likely a better indicator that you are saved and the Spirit is convicting you. Now, it's important that we examine our hearts anyways, um, Mm -hmm. especially if you're excusing your sin um, and and making up some reason why it's okay to keep falling. But if you're continuing to battle against it, um, I think that's a good indicator that the Spirit is working in your heart. Um so neil why why is God continuing this struggle in um in us?
0: yeah I think uh before you know just before I get into that i I think we often hear in the church Matt uh, people say, you know, um uh, i'm Jesus saved me, but I, it wasn't until like ten years later that he became the Lord of my life. Right. Almost as if we're to part Christ's work uh, apart in our or part out Christ's work in us um, as if saving and lording over our two different aspects. Right. We can be saved without lordship. And that's just not true. The Bible teaches that he is savior and Lord simultaneously. There isn't a season of of, you know, oh, well. I'm going to save you now and then we'll, we'll work out the details later. Like when you're saved, there's an immediate, um, active waging war now against the flesh. So I think that's important to kind of, to point out first John two, three says, this is how we know that we know him if we keep his commands. And so what Matt was really getting at, I think, uh, to, um, Maybe, maybe Barney style. Some was, um, when, when we come to Christ in relationship with Christ, it doesn't mean we don't struggle uh, with sin any longer. We're not. We don't just beam up, Scotty, e. right? Perfect holiness in that moment. Uh, we're progressively made to look more like Jesus over the course of our lives, but we know that we know Him when we are walking in his commands. So the uh not we don't pick and choose, right? The the whole of his counsel and his calls for us and uh, commands for our lives we are to walk in and as a spirit convicts like like uh Matt was saying, that's evidence of your regeneration. There's conviction, there is it it doesn't it doesn't sit well in your guts when uh, your heart is exposed, or in this case, friend, uh, you're dealing with the same sin uh, over and over again, and it doesn't sit well with you. And you're actively trying to um, put to death the deeds of the body like Romans 8.13 uh, talks about. Um, but what what could God possibly be doing, right? And not giving you total um, total freedom from even struggle, right? I think you hear this a lot with guys who have had a history of sexual uh, immorality, right? I, I still lust. I'm still struggling with lust. I just can't seem to like totally shake that thing, you know. And what's the point of that? Well, I think uh, one is there's this testing of your faith in the midst of the trial, right? Even in the midst of your struggle, um, God does not give us like First Corinthians ten thirteen says this temptation without way of escape, right? Um, He provides that for us. And so this is evidence of a child of God. There's a way of escape. There's a desire of escape. And where we escape to is important. I think another reason uh, Matt, like Paul, uh, works through with um, the thorn in his flesh, it's um, that God's grace is sufficient for you and it keeps us in our eyes set on Him. So when we're struggling with indwelling sin or uh, uh, what feels maybe like bondage um, or uh, ensnarement, uh, your eyes are on Christ and you're casting your cares before Him, you're pressing into Him, and you're struggling forward uh, in your relationship with Him. That is an evidence of a believer, and you can know that you are saved. And that is what it looks like to be in Christ, to be walking with Christ. And uh, so, you know, friend, I want to say to you, um, although it may feel like this continual temptation regarding this specific sin that you remember as a, a, a fallen individual prior to your you know, your regeneration, uh, it may feel hopeless, but man, God's got you in a space for you to keep your eyes set on him and to continually come to him. Um, we cannot Matt wage war against the flesh in our own strength, man. I was lose, just right? about to say, I was just about to say something about that. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll we're going to lose. What What else do you have regarding that?
1: Well, this is a good opportunity to look at how you are waging your warfare. Um, Are you using means of the flesh to fight um, this sin? Right. I mean, these are the the things that people tell us. Right. So let's let's use pornography addiction as a good example. You know, you you can you can put the software on your phone. You can get the TV out of the bedroom. You can get a dumb phone. You can um, you can do all these things which are helpful. They're helpful tools. To limit access. But ultimately, that's still fighting this battle um, in the flesh. And and Romans 8, 13 says, because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You have the ends and the means, right? The ends is eternal life. You want to have life and life abundant now. Um, And so the way that we do that is through the Spirit. It's by the power of the Spirit. Um, and we have all this passages, of, especially like Colossians three, right? Looking yeah. to Christ who is seated at the right hand of God, therefore put to death. And so we always start with what is our um, what does success look like? Well, it's faithfulness, right? It's not necessarily mm-hmm. completely defeating the sin um, in your life, though. That is what you are attempting to do but it is faithfulness to what the Lord commands. And um, that should be the goal. So maybe evaluate the ways that you are fighting this. Are you using the means of grace that God has given um, the word of God, the spirit of God um, and the people of God in your fight? Do you have accountability? Um, So those are just some things that I would, I would recommend and, um, and, and we also, you know, as you struggle against this, we see Paul developing his thought as he goes through Romans. Uh, he continues to talk about the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And then verse 18, he says, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. And so day by day, um, we're seeking to be set free from the bondage And decay um, that is in our life, but we have to um, look to Christ in this matter. Another good illustration of this is the the Hebrews in um, in the Exodus. For forty years, they had to uh, go through the wilderness. Right, it was a straight shot from Egypt to Israel, but God had them wander uh, wander around for quite a bit of time. And it was a, a time of testing and a time of development for them. Uh, if you think about it, most of us are not ready for heaven. Um, no, most of us are not ready to enjoy Christ fully in our unglorified state. And so God uses this life as a time of preparation for the next. Um, this is a time for us to, to draw closer to God and to become sanctified through his purposes and so our struggle against sin is an opportunity for us to develop uh, trust, trust in in who God is, trust in Christ. One of the things I like to tell people is we have two choices in life. We can either act in belief or we can act in unbelief uh, when we make choices in everyday life. So when you become angry, are you becoming angry because you're acting in unbelief? And nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. Yes. Uh, and an exam I'm, I'm trying to think of a helpful way to explain it. Um, you know, or, or how about this? Instead of trusting in God for for providing for you, you take money out of your cash register at work um, and pocket it because you're not acting in belief. You're acting in unbelief. You're not trusting in God. So your, your lack of trust, your lack of belief uh, causes you to act out in your own sinfulness. And so um, the same thing with uh, pornography addiction. Can you be satisfied in the wife of your youth if you're married? Um, acting in unbelief is by going and taking matters into your own hands uh, versus trusting that God will provide even for those desires that you are um, longing for. Neil, do you have anything?
0: Yeah, I think uh, just to go kind of go back to your um, illustration from numbers um, of the people of Israel walking in the wilderness for 40 years. And we know that the number 40 in scripture is um, uh, symb- symbolic of testing and uh, and growing. And I think that's really important that we understand where we are at as Christians is sojourners in a stranger's land. Uh, we we're, we're walking in this life as citizens of a greater kingdom of the kingdom of God. And so when we are walking with the Lord, struggling, striving, enduring um, with him in this world, what we're doing is we are um, conducting ourselves with reverence during this time of sojourning. I think it's really important, uh, Matt, 1 Peter 2, 9 through You know, 12 talks about uh, kind of gives us some identity text and then what to do with it. Um, So, uh, friend, if the spirit is in you and your flesh still has to save and what's the purpose of the spirit uh, that is in you and what power does it allow you to access? I think it's important you understand. uh, Number one is that if you are in Christ, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people for God's own possessions. So that you may proclaim the praises of one who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So as you're a sojourner in this foreign land, uh, dear Christian, uh, you are to proclaim the excellencies of the one who called you out of darkness. And you're to walk in light. And when people see you striving to walk in light, that is a testimony to the people around you. And what, what is the fruit of that? Well, we, we see that in verses 11 and 12 um, of First Peter uh, chapter 2. It says, uh, Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against your soul. So you have a flesh still that does not end until you die. Your sins will be put to death with Christ uh, in your death and you will be made Holy as he is holy in the perfect sense, standing before God because of Jesus who has saved you and is who is Lord over you. Um, But you are to wage war uh, right now against um, this flesh, these desires. And how does that look like? Well, you conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, among the strangers of which you live, live with. So that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day of visitation. And so, we're, you know the Bible gives us this like eternal purpose for our present state, um, and I think that's really important that you tap into this. That the Spirit um, you have a, by the Spirit, you have access of every spiritual blessing. You have the power of God in you. Through the means of grace, his word, the church, uh, community, prayer, so on and so forth, to walk as a stranger in a foreign land in a way that is pleasing to God. And the struggle itself, um, the striving forward itself, is pleasing to God. He does not condemn you uh, when you fall. but calls you to grow in him. And so, you know, if this sin that you've struggled with over the course of your life as a believer, um, you have found victory, you have found failure. I want to remind you the Bible calls you to faithfulness, not the other two. The victory is in Christ. Um, he calls you to faithfulness today. So continue to strive forward pressing into the power of the Holy Spirit through his word in your life so that those who watch you will one day give God glory. That's your purpose for today. Um, let's move on to another uh, question. I think this will, won't take very long to answer, uh, Matt. So we got another uh, mailbag question here, kind of in reference to our uh, Shema podcast, Matt. It says um what oh hello sorry what does uh turn your phone on silent you heathen
1: i don't even know <laughs> how to, i don't know how to work my office phone so <laughs> <laughs> you you take the battery out I don't that's know. exactly what i do right so the the
0: listener asked this matt what does it look like to apply what we learn in family worship time outside of that time so we've sat with our kids, we've talked about God, we've read the scriptures, we've prayed, we have sung, then what? How do, how do we now apply this
1: collect- collectively as a family? Well, this is what um, fatherly leadership or parent leadership looks like, right? You, yep. you take something from that that you studied um, and seek to use it during the week. Um, or during the rest of the, the next day. like so for us, our family worship is typically in the afternoons, evening time frames right before bed because that's like our, our best time for it. So um, either writing it down or taking note of a particular passage. Um, this also means knowing your children if your children are struggling with some, Uh, possibly sin uh, in their life, or, you know, their hearts or their tendencies, or just general struggles that children have. Um, So um, one of my kids is a little bit nerdier than other kids. And so he has a hard time making friends. So if we run across passages um, that apply to that, I will look for ways to remind him of that truth. Uh, during the next day. Um, Or it could be in a song, right? Um, Maybe we sing a a particular song and just on the way to school, we we sing it together um, on the way to to school the next day. Uh, But just being aware of your children's heart, knowing what they may be struggling with, whether it be suffering or sin, Um, and then being able to remind them of those truths. And so that may cause you to do a little extra work by taking a note in your phone, a memo in your phone, or, um, or writing it down on a piece of paper or a three by five card or um, a sticky note and having it um, as a reminder, we've been kind of going through the Proverbs and you know how Proverbs tend to cluster together. And so uh, one of my kids has, a, has an issue with integrity. He, he, he wants to tell lies to get out of stuff. And so whenever we run across some of those passages, um, I'll write them down or take note of them. And then throughout the week, I will reference it and be like, hey, remember how the passage says that uh, those who lack integrity will be found out. Right. When you don't tell the truth, you're going to get caught in your lie and it's going to be worse for you. Right. And and, and we'll use that kind of language um, throughout the week and try to use scriptural language. So that's that's a couple of the ways. Also, incorporate it into your prayer time. Um, pray back God's word and that helps show its importance in everyday life. So those are some ways that that I do that yeah
0: I think those are those are great Matt um one of the things we uh do is we also try to memorize some scripture and uh in that bible memorization, we are meditating on it uh together as a family they I can think of like store it for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy or thieves cannot break in, and still for where your treasure is, your heart will be also right. So with our kids, we look for where where they're placing their value. Um, Maybe it's in having a new toy or having people like them or, you know, whatever it is. And we talk through what what kind of treasure is that? Um, That's just a recent example. What kind of treasure are you storing up for yourself? Is that something that is is everlasting or is it temporary? And so we're just actively looking for reference points um, from whatever fulcrum we're utilizing in the family worship time. So that could be, like Matt said, your prayers as you're talking through the text with your kids. Um, Where do you struggle with this principle, child of mine, spouse of mine? um, How can we ask God to help us, you know, going forward to be obedient in this way? Um, or to to worship better in this way, you know. So you're you're looking for um, real life examples, and you're investigating their hearts. You know, as as a father and mother in a home, it is your call and your command by God to investigate your children's hearts and to lead them to train them in righteousness. And so, um, you won't get that. Unless you ask questions and you know your kids, right? So I want to encourage you to uh, look for look for opportunities throughout the week, but also to ask good heart questions of your children, so that you can apply what you learn in family worship. Otherwise, yeah. we're just we're just coming and 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 reading for information, right?
1: Yeah, and 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 I would say also interpret your situations um, from scripture. And that means that you have to be heavy. um, You have to be knowledgeable in the word. um, But you can say like, so, so our house situation, um, my mom does this really well. She reminds me of truth about God's character, about scripture. um, You know, and and she said, well, you know, God's in control. God is sovereign in this. And um, that reminder is something that I need. Um, And so she's, she's, she's interpreting life situations from God's character and what scripture tells us, uh, versus the other way around. And so that can be a helpful thing too, in the life of your family to interpret things that happen, or maybe you see something scary on the news and, um, you, you conform, you, you, you comfort your family with the truth of God. And, um, so those are some different ways I think are very helpful. I think that's a great example, Matt, because I
0: think a lot of our listeners maybe their kids are grown and out of the house, and they're not quite. Maybe you're not quite sure, and like, well, what is my role as a parent today? You know, and Matt just gave you a great example of continually investigating your kids' hearts and reminding them of truth. Um, that is an always thing. Uh, yeah. Don't don't stop. Don't stop that. Continue to pray for them, encourage them, and man, um, help one another see their circumstances through the lens of the character of God, and uh, it will go well for you. So, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for um, submitting those questions. We got more; we'll we'll handle in the in the future um, as we go forward. Um, until next time. Uh, thank you for listening to the Gospel Lifeline podcast. Make sure that you subscribe so you know when we're, these episodes are dropping and you leave us a f- honest five-star review. Until next time, Matt and Neil, we out.